You're listening to the Understarters Orders Racing Podcast. Expert racing analysis from both sides of the Irish Sea. So stay tuned for the best insights and opinions on the weekend's racing here on the Understarters Orders Podcast. I have got three absolutely incredible people to join me tonight. So first of all, I'm going to introduce to you the brilliant Lauren Fahey. Hi, everyone. Hope you can hear me, even if you can't see me. Um, it feels a bit strange talking to you, Neve, when I can't actually see you, when we're so used to doing Zooms and stuff. But yeah, hopefully we'll get the videos fixed soon. So stick with us, guys. Yeah, we are currently currently multitasking, <laughs> trying to work on getting the video back up. But um, yeah, we'll... We'll just we'll, we'll just go with the flow, you know. Have a go. It'll be <laughs> fine for anyone listening back on Spotify or Apple Music or whatever. So um, yeah, just to show yeah. the parts of our faces. <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> what a shame. Anyway, uh, next person is we've got Sam Martin also here. Hello. You're right. <laughs> Not bad, thanks. Little bit stressed. <laughs> All things considered. <laughs> yeah. Not doing too badly. Um, and also joining us tonight, we've got Izzy Phillips as well. Hi. Hello, Izzy. Did you enjoy Cheltenham? I did. I loved it. It was great. I think great. I would have preferred to be there, um, yeah. like anyone, but it was nice to still like have that sense of like normality that it still went ahead, I think. It just gave what would have been another boring lockdown week that little bit more to look forward to absolutely i mean i don't know about you guys but i've already got my tickets booked for next year <laughs> i'm ready <laughs> i can't it's believe it's be. a week since the end of the first day already but i, I guess at least that means we're a week closer to doing it all again so yeah fingers <laughs> crossed we can all be there this time yeah I mean, next year it's going to be the festival falls the week before my 21st. So my parents kind of sat me down today and said, what days do you want to go to? And I was like, days? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's I'm, I'm really excited about that. I got to go last year for the first time because, of course, it always fell on, on school week. Um, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully next year everything goes ahead because that'd be good fun. Um, Anyway, for a few years now. Have you not? No. Next year. I, no, I just can't. I don't think I'll be able to go until they move it to a Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't think I'll be able to for a really long time, which is sad, but oh well. <laughs> well, rather than us all meeting up at the Cheltenham Festival, why don't we all go and meet at Utoxeter on Midlands Grand National Day instead? Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. I mean, you know, at this point, any race meeting will do, quite frankly. Yeah, um, yeah I That's the main thing. Anyway, um, I guess, like, I know people can hear us. Um, <laughs> so that's reassuring to know. Um, if you guys... I put mascara on for you lot. I'm absolutely gutted that people can't see us. <laughs> see, I didn't tonight. Which is probably why the camera's not working. But uh, anyway, we should probably get on with uh, with 
our review, shouldn't we? I mean, now that now that we know that people can hear us and we're not just talking to a screen, like, it'd be useful, wouldn't it? Anyway, um, of course, the focus for our show tonight is we are looking at the Chantland Festival from last week. Of course, the guys did a great job with their previews. Um, we had the, the drop-in night, which I think all of us um, made an appearance on. Um, and that was really, really good fun. And we checked today, Lauren was uh, was checking to see if anyone's um, managed to get all three of their selections as a winner, but no such luck. We did have lots of people who got two right though. Um, I think I think as a whole, we did quite well, but nobody managed to get all three. I'll happily say I got two of mine up. So <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I think I had one monkfish. I write, he ran a great race, but oh, just third again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So a place, that's not so bad. Not exactly, and throwed on, but that was entirely sentimental. But anyway, um, speaking of sentimental, Lauren, the first thing oh, we're going to talk about, there we go, <laughs> first thing we're going to talk about tonight is going to be that incredible champion hurdle. I mean, I, like, Normally, it's not my favourite race of the week, but I would say after last week, that was one of the standout performances. So, Lauren, just take us through it, because I think <laughs> everyone in the UK probably heard you cheering Honeysuckle home. I think so. Yeah, I think, I mean, I live on the top floor in a, an apartment block, and I think definitely the whole building, if not most of Birmingham, will have heard me cheering for her. So, um, but yeah, wasn't she just so impressive? I said, I said in the preview and, you know, going into the race that she is in the form of her life, but she just keeps getting better. And if anybody wasn't convinced already, Surely she must have won everybody over now to be 11 from 11, seven grade ones, still unbeaten over a variety of distances. You know, she stays, she's got pace to burn. She's just so versatile. And with her combined with Rachel is just an absolute match made in heaven. Um, be it here or in Ireland, she's she's beaten all of the competition and she's done it in outstanding style. Um, I just, you know, I everybody knows that I love her and people could probably think that my opinion is a little bit biased, but I just don't have enough superlatives to describe her. I think she's a phenomenal racehorse. Um, in terms of in terms of this time, you know, the race was run exactly as lots of people predicted it. It was a proper champion hurdle, fast paced, slick, accurate jumping. Um, Rachel positioned her perfectly just where she likes to be, just off the front couple. She got in a lovely rhythm and we all know how well she travels and obviously stays. Um, but yeah, when when Rachel said go, wow, did she go? If you look, I actually looked at the sectionals as well. I think lots of people probably have, but um, I appreciate it. Obviously annihilated an albeit small supreme field by 24 lengths. But Honeysuckle's two miles was nearly two seconds faster overall. And while that probably doesn't really sound like a huge amount, think of how much ground a horse can cover in two seconds. It's actually a fair bit. Um, she was also two seconds slower up to the four furlong out point as well. But like I say, you know, that that part between four and three out is where she uses that pace and just puts the race to bed. Um, it was the fastest fastest furlong of the day, 12, just under 13 seconds. 
Um, and then she did it again, just a few milliseconds slower up the hill. It just really is something, I think, her staying prowess and that, like I say, speed to burn is just so, so impressive. And it was also Rachel's standout moment of the week. So, look, if she told us how good Bob Ollinger was, she was a top jockey at the festival. So who are we to argue with Rachel Blackmore, you know? No, exactly. Um, I, it was the start of an absolutely brilliant week for, for Rachel. I mean just that's I think that's all anyone could talk about at the moment is just how good is Rachel Blackmore um and of course for the trainer as well Henry de Bromhead because it started like an incredible treble for him champion hurdle queen mother champion chase and then the gold cup on Friday it's absolutely unheard of for a trainer to do that treble I mean I I was just I was in awe but not just to win the gold cup to get the first and the second (laughs) <laughs> yeah it was an incredible training feat you know it's very it's very possible it might be something that we never see again in our lifetime you know so um yeah really really incredible training feat and well done to Henry and Rachel of course on on Honeysuckle to kick it all off no absolutely the second um championship race of the week I'm going to move on quite quickly um was the Queen Mother champion chase uh, one like coming into the race, a lot of the attention was on, of course, the monster Chacun Poissois. I had my doubts about him, and I, you know, I've been saying them a lot to um, to the guys on the podcast. I just wasn't convinced that, like, I I couldn't quite put my finger on what it was about him, but I just was not sure that he would win, and he just for whatever reason he just didn't get didn't didn't get up the hill um on the wednesday so instead it was that man henry de bromhead again with last year's article winner put the kettle on izzy do you want to give us a, a few words on that performance because it was quite a, a muddling race or quite a few hard luck stories in there um well i i was quite vocal that i i thought shack and paul's file was going to just dominate um so I did that race for me, I just found ended up finding it just quite disappointing. Um because I was just really gutted that it hadn't that he hadn't, you know, come through in the way I expected and, and turning in, like my my dad had actually backed put the kettle on and he even thought that Shaka looked all over the winner. Um I think that put the kettle on as well because it beat put the because um Shaq and beat put the kettle on last time I really wasn't expecting put the kettle on to win I really wasn't that that wasn't where I was expecting the win to come from so I think the whole race for me I just found very very surprising and just I felt quite flat after the Queen Mother Champion chase because I think I did just have um I did just have so much in there as well. So many anti-post ackers and so much going into Shaq. And so I was so, I was just absolutely <laughs> gutted to be completely honest with you. But I love Aidan Coleman. I think he's such a fantastic jockey. So to see him get the win um, was was really, really nice, I think. And that that's probably where my thoughts, I, I haven't looked really anywhere else other than Shaq and Paul Soir. If I've re-watched the race, I've just watched Shaq and just been... <laughs> re-gutted all over again um 
just trying to work out what went wrong because obviously there's been a lot of controversy around did he just not get up the hill or did he just not like Cheltenham was he off colour like was it just that he wasn't fully himself um, yeah, the thing with Strachan, it lots of people are saying you know he he obviously didn't get up the hill and I understand what what people are saying I guess because you know two out he was in a great position traveling really nicely had had the race at his mercy if you like um but he he obviously did get up the hill because he only finished a length and a half behind the eventual winner and half a length behind uh, sorry and then another length behind Nube Negra who was finishing really quickly so um I don't want to take anything away from put the kettle on I think she's great and but she she absolutely loves Cheltenham and is you know living proof of how important Cheltenham form is at the festival um but you know that's racing I guess isn't it it's it, odds on favourites or you know these strong favourites don't always win um last year yeah, there exactly. were six odds on favourites only one of them won so they've got to be beaten sometime mm, i think at the end of the day one horse just wanted it more than the other um i think not saying he's ungenuine because he's definitely not but put the kettle on wanted that because chuck and Poursoir jumped the last in front and mm. she never stopped battling to get past him. And it was only in the dying strides that she actually did. I think a lot, I've seen a lot of criticism about her actually, whether it's down to the sectionals. Monkfish did the last four furlongs in a faster time, which you don't expect considering his race was over much further. But um, I think you can criticize, I just don't think any criticism for her is justified because um, she is arguably the most consistent horse in this division. You know what you get with her. You know she runs well at Cheltenham and she ran well at Left Town um, behind Jack and Porsoir when the course blatantly didn't suit her. Um, it didn't suit her jumping style. It didn't suit the way she travels. Um, so it was just a case of she's back where she can dominate and she's back where she enjoys. And obviously we saw it in the article. She tries very, very hard. She's a really, um, a really gutsy mare. And I think a lot of there's obviously been a lot of burnt fingers in this race. And it's got to the point where um, I think people's opinions of Chak and Pulsoir have um, clouded what this mare's actually done. She's the first mare to run in the race since 2006. And that was when a French trainer sent over a filly who unseated at the first. This is absolutely unparalleled. You just don't see this nowadays. And you can have all the arguments people like about the £7 mare's allowance. But it's brought a very good mare into this race. And they could have easily taken her to the mare's chase and she would have won that but they chose to take her to the Queen Mother Champion Chase. And it's just brilliant to see a mare winning that way. Yeah, that's yeah. one thing I said at the time. I thought, I, I really thought that put the kettle on. I thought she was going in the mares um, and actually was one of my anti-post bets because I thought, well, looking at that mares field, I really did think, Christ, if, the, if put the kettle on goes in there, she'll win that. Um, and I, I was so less certain, like, with with the champion chase i i was besotted with shaken and like you say you just absolutely can't take anything away from her victory she was she was fantastic and she, like you say she was the best horse on the day yeah that's i think that's it, it isn't it izzy like i think you and i have probably done the same thing here in that our judgment has possibly our judgment of the race has possibly been clouded by the fact that our bets were so heavily on back and um 
you know, I think maybe both Nuba Negra and Shakun might have suited a slightly faster run race. They've both got very high cruising speeds, but like exactly like Sam said, you know, the kettle clearly wanted it more at the line and was the real battle hardened one to, to get over it first. So um, it was a great race, but I think run it again and the result could be quite different. But it's not, and she's the winner. Um, so that's that's fantastic for for the mayor. Um, but you know they might have Trishkin to face next year, and he was four seconds faster, even having eased down by two seconds in his final furlong. So good luck to a lot of them next year, I say. Yeah, that's an interesting point actually, because I was going to ask: Do you think? Do you think if the um, race was run again, would you get the same outcome? Because I think maybe Harry Skelton had um, <clears throat> he maybe time his challenge a little bit earlier with um, Nube Negra, maybe getting yeah, getting over the line um, just in time. Um, I think he's really exciting going forward. That was only his sixth start over fences, and to have that in um, such a competitive race. But obviously, we lost Politolog and now to your late on, so you never know how that's changed the picture. But she's definitely a very worthy winner of the race and it's going to be interesting seeing the races later in the season and next season as well how this form actually stacks up yeah, yeah absolutely what's absolutely. our next one that we we're going to look at is it the Ryanair yeah we can look at the Ryanair now um we saw an absolutely beastly performance in the Ryanair from Alaho Again, another win for Rachel Blackmore on the day. But I'll admit, I completely overlooked this horse and his chances, like completely. Um, and yeah, I mean, he, it was just a one-horse race, wasn't it? <laughs> I mean, I actually felt like it was one of the most wide open races there yeah, is. Yes, so did I. I looked at the betting and I was thinking... I quite like Imperial Aura. I yep. quite like um I'm trying to think who else I, I looked at now. But there was there was a few I thought, oh, this is quite open. There's a few in with it with a shout here, and this could go any way, you know, if it's run this way, if it's run that way. I did not expect, and I should have expected it, because obviously it's Rachel Backmore, but I did <laughs> not expect a domination like that. I really didn't. Yeah, I think this is the race that of, of all of them that's probably left me with the most lasting impression, actually. Like, although obviously I, I love Honeysuckle to bits and the Gold Cup was an amazing race as well. There are so many amazing races, but you just couldn't fail to be bowled over by Alaho's jumping and the test that he put them to in what, like we say, was actually a really competitive field. Three other festival winners, you know, Min in particular, they just couldn't stay with this relentless gallop that he put up and he still had plenty left up the hill. So, yeah, a very worthy winner for sure. I think um, Willie's actually said, interestingly, that he's leaning towards the Punchestown champion chase. He thinks that he'd have a lot of two-mile chases under pressure. So um, that two-mile chasing division could be could really be hotting up for next season. That's I mean, an interesting move if they choose yeah. to do that, isn't it? Because he I did set a ridiculously fast pace. Yeah. I think it suddenly makes a lot more sense why Manella Indo and Alaho were both paddling at the end of last year's RSA. Like, because to have gone that pace, like, 
no one could stick with Alaho for that long. I thought he was going to stop. Like genuinely, I didn't think he was going to get home. I was sorely mistaken because that <laughs> was just, it was something else. That'll like, teach people to not believing in Rachel. Exactly. <laughs> that was a mistake that I quickly, quickly learned. Always trust in Rachel. Like <laughs> by the end of the week, by the end of the week, all the selections were either Rachel or any Irish. other Irish horse. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think another um, one who I'd like to actually just give a quick um, kind of well done to, I, mean, I know lots of the, the prominent ones in the betting did actually end up pulling up Min, obviously, um, Imperial Aura as well. They just couldn't stick with Alaho. But for Fakir Duderi, who ran, who was only just nosed out by obviously the very gutsy put the kettle on last year in the Arkle, I think he... I, I'd just love to mention him because he's got a special place in my heart. I think he's a fantastic, gutsy little horse. And OK, he finished 12 lengths behind in the end. But I actually thought he ran a really good race and followed up um, the his race over in Leopardstown really nicely. So, yeah, just wanted to give him a little well done as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And Steve's been on the comments and said that Alaho is currently 8-1 to one for the champion chase. Is anyone tempted by that? Interesting. That champion chase is looking very, very hot for next year. Um, sure. I've already got a, a bet on Shishkin. I did the double for him to do the Arkle and the Arkle this year and the champion chase next year. So um, I'm, I'm ready for all the abuse in the comments because I know there's lots of people who don't believe in Shishkin. Yes, Declan, I'm looking at you. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm ready for Shishkin to go and dominate. <laughs> I mean, I was a Shishkin doubter before last week <laughs> because now he just looks phenomenal. Like, I think he would have beaten an Ergamine, like, and done it quite easily. It's definitely a real shame that he wasn't there to, to make it the matchup that we all wanted. But um, hopefully it's just a short setback and he'll be back to prove himself. Sure, I've got no doubt. Absolutely. So I think... The next race, if we move on again, we're going to look at the Stayers Hurdle. And I know someone who probably wants to take the lead on this one <laughs> because she is quickly finding a new favourite horse in the winner flooring courses. So, Sam, take it away. Tell us all about the Stayers. <laughs> oh, it was just amazing. I watched it back earlier and I just had the biggest smile on my face. I just really love this horse. He's not quite up to Mackay's Hill and Monkfish Elite level yet. But he's well on his way, bless him. Um, he travelled so well in the lead and he just looked like he was loving his job. And that's what I really like to see. Um, he's been so much better since they started implementing these front running tactics with him because he's a very free going horse. It was really interesting to listen to an interview with the trainer about how he isn't very good with his wind. He kind of like just holds his breath and they kind of put him to the front. And it it seems to have settled him down a little bit. Um, his um he bit his tongue again after the race because that's just <laughs> become one of those things he just does but um i think after the commentator kind of mentioned that um he'd that that paisley park had hit a bit of a flat spot i thought he's he's gonna win it and i probably squealed more for flooring porter than i did for monkfish believe it or not but um he had the others off the bridle just so easily and they're um they're very good horses that he beat obviously um 
but um, I just think Danny Mullins handled him brilliantly because obviously he's not straightforward. Um, he was running about a little bit um, and um, then he just kept on strongly through the line and he did his little kind of weaving about, jinking about of it after the um, after <laughs> the last. But that just shows that he's got a lot to come in the future because he's still only a baby. He's only seven. I don't think he's even had his seventh birthday yet. So um <laughs> He's just one of those horses that's extremely exciting for next year. Um, and I do think he's going to win a second stayers, even though we've not seen many horses do that lately with obviously Paisley Park last year. There's Nagar Oscar unfortunately falling this year, which um, pained Rain It In Racing's Killian Broderick. But um, it, hopefully they can all clash again next year and maybe they'll be jumping the last together. Wouldn't that be amazing? I think the thing with Flooring Porter is it was the way that he won it. And... I saw a message earlier in the week. I'm really sorry because I can't remember who it was that said it. But it did, like the jockey really didn't have to get too serious with him. Like it was just, it was a really, really like phenomenal performance. Again, like I'm saying this for every race. It was a great <laughs> performance. It was a really amazing performance. But the truth is, we were treated to an incredible, incredible Chantham Festival last week. Like it is such a shame that crowds weren't there because you could just imagine like the atmosphere but um back to flooring porter because like you said sam he is still young i'd agree with you i think he genuinely he looks the type he could come back again and you know and, and win a second stayers hurdle like i just i'm not convinced by time hill neither um who of course would <laughs> miss the race he it's not like he won the albert bartlett last year you know, let's face it. We all know who did that, though, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> I knew, I knew, I knew you'd say that. Um, but look, girls, we can't be on Chris's podcast and be saying anything naughty about Time Hill. We all know that he was his nap for the festival, so we'll just have to leave it to him to uh, to prove himself next time out. But I think, like you both say, Lauren Porter, as he's only six, it's a bit like the changing of the guard. You know, he's so proficient at such a tender age. Like you've said, Sam, he was he's actually foaled in May. So while it, while they're all obviously changed their their age on January the first, he's actually five. <laughs> he's not even six yet. So don't be surprised if he goes on to dominate this division next year. He's uh, he's certainly a really exciting one for the future. I mean, I hope. Well, Chris will be listening, so uh, I won't be on next month's <laughs> podcast <laughs> i i've been fired but um yeah i mean i think to be honest last week probably has brought up like a lot of question marks about like the great british performance like because the irish were so dominant we have to bring in all of our divisions like they have to come into question now yeah like, the strength of that form I mean, I think the big you know. thing with the stayers though was the Cleve hurdle because obviously Cheltenham fell um, to the weather on um, for Very the Cleve hurdle meeting, and yeah. then it didn't happen when it was rescheduled, and they chose not to even go to the rescheduled race with Paisley Park. And Connections did say that he was just a little bit flat; he couldn't find his feet 
kind of after he did hit that flat spot and actually go up the hill and who knows maybe if he had race fitness because we know how well he can finish he could have got a little bit closer to um Florian Porter and maybe the English wouldn't have been that disgraced <laughs> yeah I think that's exactly it isn't it Sam like Connection said that it's not that he wasn't race fit he just wasn't quite race sharp um, I think that's a key. That's a key thing. And look, we we can't take anything. The only excuse trying, we've got, to be honest. Yes, yeah, it is. I'm not <laughs> trying to take anything away from the Irish. I mean, I'm I'm going to stick with my Irish surname and hope that my Irish passport's in the post after the week that we've had. Um, you know, yeah, Paisley normally does like the run on trials day, so I think maybe we can sort of use that excuse a little bit but look they're just way better than we are aren't they so we i think we have to hold our hands up and accept it and hope that there aren't um so many you know three horse grade twos every kind of saturday or every other tuesday or whatever and that this is kind of the wake-up call that british racing really needs absolutely i think well we could talk about that for hours couldn't we um let's move yeah. on shall we yeah let's move on <laughs> World Cup time absolutely like again i'm gonna say it again but this this was just something else this race was just amazing i mean you know all the horses we wanted to turn up turned up some of them underperformed but you cannot argue against that finish the way that manila indo kept finding more he's a worthy champion isn't he i mean for me the best part of the race was just seeing frodon go in front doing what he does i mean he loved it and actually <laughs> i've heard a lot of people holding their hands up this week and just saying he made the race because the pace he went the winners had to stay the best horses stayed in that race you had santini out the back outpaced pulled up <laughs> you know <laughs> they, just, they couldn't go with him and i think that that was just i think that's what the race needed um and yeah i mean i'm not going to keep going on about frodon i just wanted to give him a mention because quite frankly manella indo was the best horse in that race and he was like he was a forgotten horse coming into that race too because at the start of the year like that's he was the horse that everyone was talking about in ireland like manella indo but then he got forgotten about like after after a fall um over christmas and then i can't remember did he run he ran again since then didn't he just underperformed yeah he was fourth in the savills um, yeah but I, I think it's a difficult one minella indo because i i was backing him at the start of the season i backed him in the rsa last year but i I couldn't back him going in into this race this time. I think for me personally, perhaps I was just swept up in the romance of Al Boom going for his third. And then obviously the Rachel factor with Aplutar. But like you say, following his fall at Christmas and then his fourth um, in the Savills, I unfortunately for my pocket went for Al Boom photo and, and Aplutar. It, it's, no, it's no hidden kind of, um this this everybody knows that second season chasers always find it difficult when they step up into open company um but he had won his first two races this season okay they were just in very small fields but he is a really good jumper um 
and he showed so much potential as a novice. We all know that that RSA is a notoriously difficult race for novices. And it's very clear that he just got a bit lonely out in front and then picked up again as soon as he realised that Champ was with him. So um, it's certainly a very well-deserved victory. I am I'm chuffed for the owner as well. You know, Barry Maloney doesn't have many horses. Obviously, he's got Mona Lee, who was fourth last year. Um, but... I think Manella's really proven to be a brilliant stand-in, hasn't he, while he's out injured. Um, top rated now, 179 on, on time form and racing post. So definitely a really well-deserved winner. Absolutely. I mean, it's not not a bad substitute to have, is it, the Gold Cup winner? Izzy, um, you obviously are a big fan of Native River. We, like, so many people wanted the the just that story to happen for him to regain the gold cup but surely he did you proud staying on for four all the, like take the irish horses out of it he's won the gold cup you know? yeah he he was the best of british wasn't he um really in that race and i think like for me personally it was the worst gold cup performance i have ever had because i was looking for a story and the forgotten horse won so i think the thing is is it's one of those races where i tend to go with my heart rather than my head and my my heart was telling me native river um i was always worried that frodon was going to go and run him off his feet and he tried to do that but i mean he was pushing and and um all the way round and and never stopped and never gave up and i think that he just showed how much heart he actually has as well. And I think that that was a really lovely moment. And like you say, to, to, to keep going and finish fourth when he was, you know, he's off the bridle pretty much the entire race um, was was um, was amazing. But I think, yeah, Manila Rindo, amazing, amazing victory. I think turning for home, I hadn't, I hadn't um, bet on Rachel Blackmore but there was this little part of me that went oh my she god again. she's gonna is she, is she coming what <laughs> oh my god she's gonna do it again yeah and I was thinking no way she's not gonna have the gold cup as well um so I think that it was a it was a funny race because I felt like obviously Frodon set such a staggering pace for a gold cup that you know champ like you say Santini out the back champ pulled up it, it sort of started to fell, fall apart and then it, then the, the Irish just swooped, beautifully swooped in um, as they had been doing all week. I don't know why I really thought it was going to be any different than that. <laughs> I, I just think that this is the race for me that really made me feel like, even though Native River did get fourth, it really did make me feel like, wow, is this the best we've got to offer? that you know pulled up out the back nothing to say um and i think that was the that was the moment where i was like there's something needs to change with british jump racing something yeah. i don't know particularly what whether it's you know you, you've had pundits all week talking about the the scheduling of the races and how we have a lot of mediocre racing for mediocre horses and i, I don't know that i necessarily agree with that i think we've got good horses do the Irish just have better horses? Do they have better buying power? I don't know. I don't quite know what it is. Mm. But this, for me, was almost that final nail in the coffin because 
say, but say, say the British had won the gold cup, we'd be sitting there going, yeah, well, we won the gold cup though. But we can't, we can't say that because <laughs> we got dominated again. <laughs> so for me, it was like that final race where I was like, wow, we're bad. <laughs> I don't know about anyone else, but I, I thought it all week. Don't get me wrong. I'd been like, wow, look at the Irish credit to them. They've come over. They have been absolutely incredible. But this was that final nail in the coffin where I just think I went, oh dear. Yeah, I think unfortunately, Izzy, you've let your uh, you've let your nationality rule your not only your heart but your head as well. There, definitely. I yeah. mean, look, I think I've lost the plot. I can't, believe, <laughs> I can't believe what I even backed. Like yeah. I say, it was the worst gold cup I've ever had, like betting wise. Um, it, I I just really do think I I had lost my head. I I think. I was so excited and did so well on the first couple of days. I basically had two days of Irish horses that I fancied. And then I had two days of actually British horses. And the second two days for me were a little bit disappointing. And it was only that I, at the last minute, picked out the, like, the um, Rachel Blackmore and got a couple of winners. But really, yeah, I think the time by... Diabolical. I think by the time we got to probably mid midday on on wednesday you know before racing has even started on wednesday we realized that um the the way forward forget what's going on in your anti-post bets if you still got some up then well done for you but um at this point you just had to go in and back all the irish ones and even if it, they were at a big price or whatever you know that that was the way forward. Horses for courses, look for Cheltenham form and just back the Irish was definitely the solution to have for, for Thursday and Friday, for sure. No, well, exactly. Friday for certain, the ground as well. Mm. Because yeah. you could really see that it was drying ground. Like Tuesday, Wednesday, you were holding out hope that maybe it was that little bit softer because had that little bit of overnight rain on Monday, didn't they? And it was, I think, that tiny little bit, tiny that little bit softer yeah, but even by, so by, by friday you were like no way it's got to have good in the going i mean i mean i say that and then obviously horses uh, like uh, quillixos come up, and that is a heavy ground horse that has run on heavy and soft i never run on anything with good in the description mm. and it come out and absolutely battered us but yeah there, there was a change in the way people were betting come thursday and friday Definitely. Yeah, I think see that everyone had abandoned anything they previously thought, <laughs> apart from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the ground was the interesting bit in that because you can compare the English to the Irish, but typically the Irish horses do race on softer ground yeah. in their point points as well. They have softer ground, so it's interesting that they um, that they came along on a, on good ground, goodish ground, and still managed to win. So maybe it's their training regimes they aren't specifically tailored to a certain type of ground they'll run on anything um it goes down to breeding as well french horses tend to need a little bit more cutting the ground they didn't have a very successful season british breads didn't have a very successful season season but the irish did so um it was quite a interesting one to be honest i was a little bit underwhelmed after the um gold cup i never considered milena rindo was a horse that would win a gold cup um i never really warmed him at all um but you couldn't, you can't fault him for his performance. He jumped well, he travelled well, he was tenacious. It was amazing for Jack Kennedy because he has had the worst luck in terms of injuries. Absolutely. And obviously he fell off um, Envoy Allen at the start of the week. So it was just brilliant for him because he's a very, very talented jockey. And I think, especially for him, there's been a lot of uncertainty lately with the Gordon Elliott horses. Um, but this support from Henry de Bromhead has been 
basically invaluable. He goes and wins a um, Cheltenham Gold Cup for them. Um, but I think I was just hoping um, Albin Photo would win because I felt, felt like it was everything we all needed, but not many people like him. Um, it was definitely what I'd like to see out of all of it. Um, yeah, cop, actually, I think, ran a blinder. I was really impressed with him, the way he travelled and everything. I was really impressed. He ended up finishing seventh. He's a 10-year-old. You'd never really consider him to run well in a race like this. Admittedly, he got beat over 40 lengths, but I think he ran very well. And Royal Pagai, um, the novice everyone was talking about, um, people kind of stopped talking about him as the week went on. I think after he was declared for the Gold Cup, everyone gave up on the English and uh, he was a little bit forgotten about, but he finished hopping lane and um, he still managed to finish. I'm pretty sure it was about sixth. So he's definitely one to keep an eye on next season. Um, for Venetia Williams, who's very good at handling her horses and keeping them sound and um, Rich Ritchie as well. I'm sure he'd like a Gold Cup winner. Wouldn't we all? <laughs> that's that's on my bucket list definitely um i think you know we can't dwell we can't dwell on the gold cup when the most important thing is that we won the ultima guys <laughs> vintage clouds go on i mean that was an amazing story in itself to have run in the same race five times and finally won it i mean the number of times i have backed that horse in that race <laughs> And this week I didn't. <laughs> A classic case of try, try and try again. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, I think um, interesting points all around on that um, English-Irish debate. But the most, like, it's important to remember that the flat season starts this weekend. And at least that is a little more balanced. <laughs> you know, we, at least we can compete on level terms. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I mean, I think you could talk about it all night and, and not come to a solution, really. Um, it's quite unusual how this has happened. But then again, like, you look a few years back and it was a similar margin between England and Ireland, just not, not quite as dominant. But, again, like, Ireland only won about maybe six or seven races. I think it was in 2000 and. I want to say 2012, like it wasn't too long ago. But, um, you know, these things, they, they come and go, don't they? You know, it, it's, all, it's all cyclical and hopefully next year. React, yeah. When that was happening to them, they did react and they did introduce different festivals and races that exactly. definitely have brought about Absolutely. improvement. So I think we need to do the same. We can't yeah. just ignore it and think, oh, we'll be all right. I think if we don't do the same... This is going to be a continuing thread. Mm. We can only learn from this and um, hopefully, hopefully we do. Um, I mean, there's been so many solutions kind of put out there at the moment. I think a big one is prize money. Um, and the other one, I think, for me would be, you know, you look at the prep that a lot of these horses have had this year. We've had so many races cancelled because of the weather. Um, we've had too many jumpers, bumpers cards. What good is that going to do? really um you know so i think i think there's a lot to work on um you know more importantly there's a lot to work with as well you know it's not like it's not like we've not got like a foundation there you know we've got all these races we've got all these meetings we just need 
I to find a way to often though need yeah too many meetings and too many races <laughs> you know the we the Irish don't have meetings every single day of the week but but we do and look who's coming out on top of it all at the end so it just makes their meetings so much more interesting and so much more competitive so whilst it's difficult because we've got a lot of courses and we wouldn't want to see any of them not supported we wouldn't want any of them to be shut down but um and you know i'm i'm no expert i'm just a racing fan but it's definitely something that the powers that be need to need to sort out and definitely need to do it quickly i think it's a case of getting races that people want and people need because you see um the smaller yards that've got horses say that running class 5s and class 4s in on the flat their races are so over so over kind of entered there's so many horses and you can only have 12 running so it's going to be a case of if people want to make a change they need to consult the trainers and ask the trainers what they want because they're the people with the horses they're the people that know what they need to do and they know because you see in the middle you've got all these small little class two races with small fields don't run them concise all those class two good horses into one race tailor to i'm not going to say tailor to the lower graded big ones because i'll get a lot of jip for that but um it, you need to be balanced and you need to consider everybody because if you start saying right we're going to cut the meetings we've got in half um do a lot less meetings that's not good that's going to be detrimental to the lower the smaller yards because they won't have the horses to run in the class two plus races I think it's a case of if you limit the amount of class two races you've got class two and higher races so people don't have as many alternative options then that's what the route that they need to take because there's a lot of players in this game and we say that um we don't want people to um we don't want like it just to become a few yards dictating and not many smaller yards but um you can't you've just got to keep an up consider yeah. everybody because you can't because otherwise it will end up where a few people dictate the entire sport and that's not good enough yeah yes. i definitely agree sam i think that's a really important point to make but again even even so like we've said i think people have the kind of misconception that irish racing is dominated by willie mullins and obviously now cheltenham proved it's not <laughs> cheltenham absolutely proved that it's not exactly so you know with <laughs> with people like um Gavin Cromwell, Paul Hennessy, you know, they they all managed to have a winner as well. Um, so why why can't we do that over here? <laughs> we did. Look who won the Fox Hunters. You know? <laughs> that was an amazing race. I mean, I think, you know, this is definitely an issue that like we should all be touching on again. But I'm gonna have to move us on. Um because we need to just take a look back at the week as a whole because we focused on the championship races, but you look at all the other stories that were involved, you know, Tiger Roll. What? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. I mean, he's like got to be the most just like incredible little horse in training. Like there is never going to be another horse like Tiger Roll. And then, of course, you've got Rachel Blackmore and Henry de Bromhead. We touched on them. Um, yeah, I want to quickly ask you all um, two things. 
So I'm going to go around each of you and ask you two questions. Um, so one, who is the horse that you are most looking forward to seeing after Cheltenham? What was the performance that impressed you the most? And two, now this is a feature we're going to be doing a lot in this podcast. We've named it the Antipost Acker. Okay. So we're going to be taking, like, this is kind of our preview without taking away from the guys who, of course, still have their weekly previews every Thursday. But we're just going to have a look ahead at some of the big races at the big meetings and pick just one horse for them that we like, we like the look of. So we're actually, for this week, this month's Antipostac, we're going to take a look at next year's festival because you can never, it's never too early. Um, so, yeah, two, like, two questions. Most impressed most impressive performance of the week and what is your anti stacker for next year's festival already? Izzy, I'm going to come to you first. Um, so most impressed me, uh, the one that I'm most looking forward to seeing um, next time, I think just based on how impressive the performance was, is Alaho. I just love to see... Um, I just love to see Alaho again. I just want to. I, I just want to watch another race with Alaho in it and just be as stunned as I was this time. Um, and then I think for my anti-post bet, and I feel like Lauren might kill me. Um, He's not going against honeysuckle. <laughs> it's eleven to one in the champion hurdle. Appreciate it. Eleven Ooh. to one. Is he not? Uh, does he not look like um, he's built for chasing to you? He's huge. I mean, he could be, but they tend to they tend to go from the from the novices to the champion handle. He is incredible. But I just feel like I just feel like eleven to one is a little bit sneaky. If they, you know, say chasing doesn't work out because some horses don't they don't take to the fences, and you just don't know. He's an incredible hurdler, and it would be one hell of a battle. I just think at 11 to 1 right now, that's quite a tasty little price. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair I, enough. quite a tasty price. I'm just going to remind you about what I said about Honeysuckle and how <laughs> her sectionals were. She, you know, four seconds quicker overall in, in the same distance. Okay, the pace would be different, and he's yes, he's annihilated his field, but look, everybody's allowed their opinion that's absolutely fine but I think Honeysuckle's performance in the in the champion hurdle was just I think it was Isterbrack-esque I really do so I'd love for her to come back and do it again I'll probably be don't get me wrong champion hurdle day Honeysuckle's there <laughs> I'm gonna be on Honeysuckle all the way yeah, I just thought that actually anti-post if we're looking at it this far ahead there's so much that could go where you think oh actually like you say, I just keep thinking, if chasing doesn't work out, that price, you won't get that price. If it mm. if it does on the day, it's never going to be anywhere near that. There are rumours Honeysuckle is going to go chasing there, isn't there? Exactly. Yeah, so it might be, uh, 11 to 1 might be good for appreciate it if uh, Honeysuckle is in like either the Mare's Chase or the Marsh or something. Yeah, she won her point-to-point -point 15 lengths from um, Annie Mack. So I think that's... Uh, uh, there weren't all that many horses who finished that race, incidentally. But yeah, I think Honey could probably be quite a good chase. Look, wherever she goes, I'm backing her. <laughs> <laughs> of course you are. Um, Sam, what about you? What was the the, the performance that impressed you the most last week? And what is your anti-post acca? <laughs> so um, I'm 
going to go with the horse that impressed me the most, other than Monkfish, obviously, because he's going to win the Gold <laughs> Cup, but that's a bit unoriginal. So I'm going to say Nube Negra. He really impressed me, and I'm really excited to see where he goes next. Um, and then I actually agree with Declan's comment that's just popped up on the bottom of the screen because I'm looking at one for the Arco, um, Blue Lord, who actually fell in behind Appreciate It in Supreme. Um, mm -hmm. I think he was travelling incredibly well um, before they turned for home. And to me, Appreciate It does seem like a horse that wants the Marsh trip. Um, so maybe Willie can um, win the uh, Arco with Blue Lord and then the Marsh with Appreciate It next season. Never say never, especially when Willie Mullins is involved. <laughs> Lauren, I kind of have an inkling of what your anti-post actor might be, but I don't want to make any assumptions at all. Well, as it's an as it's an acker, you know, I love nothing more than to throw nine, ten, however many horses I can fit into my bet slip. But um, my my accumulator, I'm sticking with Honeysuckle in the champion hurdle. Unless she does go, um, unless she does go chasing, then you know, so be it. But I'd also like to add in Tell Me Something Girl in the mares at nine to one. I think um, she's she was a Rachel was a credit to herself in that race. You know, we've we know that she she can ride horses from the front like Sagar Hard. She can test. Them uh, with the jumping of you know Alaho sitting off the front like on honeysuckle, but I think her ride on Tell Me Something Girl was probably one of the most brilliant pieces of riding that we saw all week. Um, it's always more difficult when a horse likes to be held up because there's there are so many. Well, in any race, you need luck, but you need so much luck in running, and you need to know when to start your run. She weaved in and out of virtually the whole field, just sauntered up along side the the front runners just before two out a little shake of the reins and off she went she won by five or six lengths so she's nine to one for the mares at the moment um but we have before we have just got to give a quick shout out to andy off um the normal understarters orders podcast as he tipped heaven help us following that mares race at leopardstown in which tommy something girl was third and then the year before that, Black Tears won it, beating Concertista into third, which is obviously a clear indicator for, for this year's mare's hurdle. So that's definitely a pointer for people to look out for next season, that mare's race at Pittstown. 100%. Like, I couldn't believe how well the form for that race was working out through the week, and Andy was spot on um, with Heaven Help yeah. Us. And that, that was an amazing story as well. Like, I completely so forgot good. to mention it. I cried. I, I did. Had I loved it. She's so cool, that mare. And I, I saw her before the Supreme, and she is so gorgeous. And it's just such a lovely story, isn't it? Is there an able? There yeah. an able. That was what made me cry. <laughs> <laughs> like the jockeys as well, coming out and giving them the the guard of honor as they walked into. Oh, and the, he had the jockey was so happy wasn't it Richie Condon he's such a hard worker it was great to see him get a win it was just so great for everyone involved yeah I mean I am going to go ahead and say my most impressed like my, the performance that impressed me the most that last week was Bob Ollinger yeah like, incredible just he's in my like, actor as well six okay. to one the RSA. I mean, put him in like him I mean in. that I've I've like saved a picture of him jumping that final flight of hurdles because like it just it amazes me that jump at the last just a sight to behold 
it was something else. I mean, yeah, I just, I can't get that out of my head. Like, I just, I can't stop thinking about that performance because it was that incredible. I mean, he, that video that the um, jockey cam off of Brave Man's Game and you can just see Rachel and Bob Ollinger come off along the outside mm. and look yeah. at him, look in at him and then whoosh, he's gone. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> it was just something else. So yeah, that was the, imp the performance that impressed me the most last week and he would go into my antipost acker like lauren but here's the thing this is the horse that i think could win the champion hurdle next year and he, and he didn't even run at this year's festival oh good shout humphrey Bernie hollow oh no <laughs> not hollow. not humphrey bernie hollow <laughs> sorry bernie hollow. yeah bernie hollow oh. looks the one to beat now Literally, I mean, you look at that performance where he beat Appreciate It. He beat Appreciate It. He beat Bob Ollinger and he beat them both. Like, he made them look pretty ordinary. And then you see what they came out and did last week. What is that horse capable of? Like, he could win the champion hurdle and he could win the Arkle on the same day if he wanted to. <laughs> I'm not sure what his connections <laughs> plans are, but whenever we see Funny Hollow next, I'm looking forward to it. Um, and I just, I hope he stays sound next season because that, that for me, that is the biggest shame is that we didn't see that horse at this year's festival considering like, like how he has beaten those horses who came out and showed themselves to be future champions. Yeah. It's a shame Ernie he Hollow. won a race, really. It's a shame he actually won his maiden because um, imagine another year on his back and then going into novice hurdle company if you win and everything but like half the track he'd be an absolute monster so yeah, yeah I'm that is a little bit of a worry for me with fernie like i think he's absolutely fantastic but um it is a real shame that he hasn't been able to run this full novice season um you know strengthen him up for next year going against whoever well into open company um but actually another one that should, we should probably mention as well eric bloodax beat fernie hollow in but i mean it was the national hunt flat race but um he's also out injured so maybe another one to to keep an eye out for next year too absolutely i mean i don't know about you guys but it's only 51 weeks to go <laughs> got this I mean, whole flat season ahead, which I'm also looking forward to. Um, and yeah, that brings us to the end of this week, this month's podcast. I need to stop saying week because <laughs> we're not doing this every week. It's only every month, but um, we'll be back. So keep an eye on the Understarters Orders Twitter handle as to when that will be. I don't think we've decided yet, but we'll be back, don't worry, hopefully. <laughs> and hopefully next time you'll be able to see us. I I'm not quite sure what's what's happened with the with the video, but we'll get that sorted. Um, a couple of things to mention. Um, obviously the boys are back on Thursday with their preview for this weekend's racing. They're bringing you a preview of a few races from Maydan. <laughs> it's the, uh, which I know, I know exactly. is really looking forward to. <laughs> Um, and we've also got some racing from Doncaster at the start of the turf season over here for the flat, um, which I personally am very excited for. Um, and yeah, so they'll be back and they're also currently running a competition, um, which you can enter. It's something new they're trying. 
basically, and I'm going to read the rules out here so I get it right. This is what I've been told. So it is each week they are putting up a £50 prize to their listeners. That's right, £50. The competition is run live on their Thursday podcast. All you need to do is match three winners from three previous races to your randomly selected panellists to win. So all the details are on Twitter. You've got to go to the at USO, at, is it at USO podcast or at Understarters Orders podcast? One of the two. Just look up Understarters Understarters Orders podcast on Twitter and they've got a tweet on there with all the rules. I think you need to reply to the tweet um, to like basically they'll select at random three people to come on the podcast on Thursday live and join in. And yeah, you could be in with the chance of winning £50 this Thursday. Wouldn't that be nice? I might try. Lauren, are you going to try? Oh, whenever there's a competition, you can count me in. <laughs> Sam, are you going to have a go? <laughs> yeah, I'll give it a go. Good. Izzy, what about you? Come on. Yeah, I'll be giving it a go. Yeah, £50, guys. We're, we're all going to give it a go. So why don't you as well? I pointed at the camera, but you can't see me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just join in. Just go and, you know, find the Twitter page and, you know, you'll, you'll see all about it there. Um, so, yeah, that, that brings this week's podcast to an end. Month's podcast. I've done it again. Um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Thanks, you three, for joining us. Because I, didn't, I couldn't have got this through this without you. Thanks, Megan. <laughs> yeah, thank you. We've really, we've really You've been done a great job as host. Oh, thank you. Thanks. I, uh, also, yeah. happy birthday, Neve, for Thursday. I'm going yeah. to mention it. Oh, thank oh. you. <laughs> She's going to celebrate by watching the Understarters Orders podcast with a Prosecco in hand. Yes. And I'm going to win myself <laughs> £50 <laughs> in this competition. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to be a proper adult. I'm going to be 20 on Thursday, which is quite scary. But oh well it's going to be fine anyway <laughs> thank you so much for tuning in guys thank you for sticking with us um hopefully we'll have all the video fixed for next time and until then we hope you have a great next of the month stay lucky and uh yeah until next time bye thanks for listening make sure to follow us on twitter head on over to our handle at uso podcast and click the notification bell to never miss an episode